eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora and Odyssey Sports Original. Welcome to the Week 7 edition of Baldi's Breakdowns. We come to you, as always, courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. I am Jason Lockenfora, at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. I have the honor and privilege to be joined here talking ball with my main man, Brian Baldinger, at Baldy NFL. And we are creeping up on, uh, I guess, at least what used to be the midpoint of the NFL season. We now know that the, the season goes a little bit longer. And we want to spend this uh, next little bit with you guys highlighting some of the very best that's going on in this league. Teams overcoming adversity, whether it be COVID striking their coaching staff, whether it be 17 guys on injured reserve, whether it be some some crazy things happening in the course of a game to persevere. Um, and, and also looking ahead at a couple of the marquee matchups coming up this weekend. Um and so we will be talking, Baldy, a lot about the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Cowboys, um, some Chiefs and Titans, some Bengals along the way as well. Um, as we saw in week seven, uh, some teams, I thought, Baldy, make some declarative statements about who they are. Well, I think, you know, you have to start, Jason. First of all, it's good to be with you here heading into week seven. And, you know, to watch the Arizona Cardinals without mm-hmm. their head coach and others, you know, and a bunch of, you know, players, Chandler Jones, good players, not make the trip to Cleveland. And to see what they did in Cleveland, Jason, was really remarkable. Because what you what you realize is this is a very talented team, period. Like they, they have accumulated a great deal of talent. And then, you know, a couple of the, the players that they have acquired that, you know, some people long in the tooth is the best behind them, whatever. Maybe it's desert air. I hear that oh, does yeah, wonders, yeah. You know, yeah. wonderful things for you, Jason. But to see J.J. Watt, A.J. Green playing like it was five years ago, six years ago, like it, it is really encouraging. Um, but, you know, Vance Joseph is a talented defensive coordinator. And, you know, we know Cleveland can run the ball. And, you know, they've got certain things that they are really good at. 
they couldn't do really anything no. very well. Now Nick Chubb wasn't there, and you know we, I understand Jack Conklin, all the stuff wasn't there, but still they have a formula. Um, you know how they want to play a game and win a game. And Vince Joseph, he comes at you with all these different fronts, Jason. He's got a six. He's got a six-two front that'll play. That'll play against the run. That'll rush the passer out of. Uh, he's got a nickel front. Like he, what if you look at an Arizona Cardinal game day, you know roster. Every single defensive player that's active is on the field. And, you know, I was, I was just, you know, talking to Vance Joseph in the offseason, talking to some coordinators. Like, it's a kind of a new trend because practices are so limited now by what you can do. The offseasons are limited. The, so you've got to develop players during the games now. And so you're seeing teams play a lot of players. Um, you know, it used to be just the defensive line. Now you see linebackers switching out. You see corners switching out. Um, you find different packages to get a safety on the field. And that's what Arizona did. And they played everybody. And, you know, Jordan Hicks and, you know, Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, they're playmakers. You know, and when you can still bring Marcus Golden off the edge, like he's had years where he's had 10 sure. sacks in his business. He's a good pass rusher, you know, and, and Kennard is a good pass rusher. And you can – they just keep coming at you in waves. And then offensively – you know, part of the part of a staple of a Cliff Kingsbury offense, you can talk about air raid all you want and think it's just this passing offense. I mean, they ran the ball 37 times against Cleveland. They spread you out to run the ball. They do it in a variety of ways. They'll run the fly sweeps and they'll run Chase Edmonds and Kyler Murray. I mean, they have a, different, a lot of different ways to do it, but they want to run the ball and take advantage of certain looks. And so that's what they did. And it was, you know, 6-0. and you go, okay, they took apart the Rams. They go on the road to Cleveland. You go, okay, who can beat the Cardinals? I mean, you're, you're starting to ask yourself six weeks in, like, who can beat the Cardinals? Can they be beat? The, the quarterback, Jason, honestly, I never see him throw a football that wobbles. So every right. ball is a tight spiral. And if he misses, he doesn't miss by much. Yeah, no, I, I – I, I was pretty – I don't know how you couldn't be impressed by – it was almost like a, a systematic takedown of the Browns, Baldy. Like, we don't have our coach. We're relaying plays a little differently. Um, their script was obviously on point. They grabbed a stranglehold of that game early, and and the Browns seemed to be chasing the entire way. Um, how worried are you about the Browns, Baldy? Baker Mayfield, it's now two significant instances – of a left shoulder injury, a torn labrum. There's still a lot of football to play. Both the tackles are out. Both the running backs are out. Jarvis Landry's still out. Um, that's kind of their identity, right? I mean, you take that stuff away, you're not yeah. left with a whole lot. No, and look, I, when Baker Mayfield went in the locker room at halftime of the second game of the season against Houston and got his shoulder shot up, like that sent up a flag mm -hmm. to me. And then you find out that, it's a torn labrum. It needs surgery. Uh, you tear your labrum because your shoulder is popping out of the joint. All right. And so, like, that's not going to stop. So you can, oh, like, when he got tackled by J.J. Watt and he's just grimacing on the field and J.J. runs over there and takes his helmet off and, you know, he's concerned, like a lot of players play the game, concerned for, for the – like, I don't believe that he can survive this season in the condition that he's in. Like you can only tough it out so much. And even with it, I mean, he talked about it yesterday, Jason, uh, which would have been Tuesday. You know, 
you can you can handle the pain only so long because eventually it affects how you throw a football and how you play the game and how you decide you're going to you know fall down or whatever it is like you're trying to protect yourself and play at the highest level i i, I i'm i'm concerned i i think this is a team that's in real trouble right now because i i i don't think that you can replace the quarterback and the running backs with just anybody no. and you're just going to get similar results like that that's just not going to happen yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you look at where that team wanted to go, Baldy, which is further than last year, which means playing deep into January. I, I don't know if you've got four months left of Baker Mayfield. You know, I, I don't know if it's it's realistic to think that no, shoulder is going to well, cooperate well, that long. Well, I don't think so either. I mean, just just knowing guys that have had that, you know, dealt with that and go, okay, let me try to get it through the season. I'll, I'll you know, if you're a safe, I had a friend of mine who was a safety who had the same injury. And he just made all the hits with his right shoulder. But, you know, you have a lot of plays where you're not hitting anybody. You know, you're just the free safety. Um, but I just don't think you play quarterback where you're under duress every play um, and just throw the ball as accurately as you have to throw it, make all these decisions with that. With that. But one thing about that Arizona Cardinals game that just I found interesting, Chase, I don't know why, I just found it, you know, Spencer Whipple, was the was the play caller? Now people go, well, who's Spencer Whipple? You know, he's the assistant wide receiver coach. So right. it's just interesting to me that Cliff would hand the duties to him. Now maybe he's grooming Spencer for a right. bigger role. A lot of coaches like to do that, get him ready, and maybe he was ready. But you didn't see the things that you might expect to see, like you know, like Kyler Murray burning a timeout, going, I didn't get to play. Like that didn't make any. Like you didn't see any kinks in the operation that you might've seen from Cliff to the backup wide receiver coach right. calling plays. I, I just thought that was, you know, a sign that th- this could be a pretty well coached yeah. football team. Yeah. Pretty smooth operation. Um, no doubt about it, Baldy. Uh, one of the more surprising outcomes of the weekend for me. And, and I think for you too, not so much that the Baltimore Ravens beat the chargers, but my God, they they beat the snot out of them, Baldy, for four straight quarters. I mean, they came in, they out physicaled them from the first series yeah. on, and for them to win thirty four six, and 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 not even really need Lamar to do anything special in the passing game to do so, I thought was a pretty strong statement, and that's the best a Ravens defense has looked probably since. Buffalo last year in the playoffs where, you know, they lost that game because they couldn't score any points and the center couldn't snap them. Yeah. Well, you know, they come out, Jason, they go 90 yards on the opening drive. I mean, 90 yards and it's just, it's just clockwork, you know, and, and they got all the backs going. Latavius is going, Levian. It's interesting. None of these backs were there at the end of training camp. They've all been acquired. Um, so they're all learning the system. They all scored rushing touchdowns, uh, all the new backs, but they were just, such an efficient operation. No negative plays, penalties. Lamar's converting third downs. So they, they take their two opening drives, and it's up 14-0. And then, and then you know, the Chargers, they begin to press. You know, so now they have fourth down, and I, I'm not sure why you would go after Marlon Humphrey, Jason. <laughs> no. You yeah. know, uh, on your fourth down attempt. Yep. Like, you're, I know it's Michael Williams, whatever, right. but, like, you're going to go challenge Marlon Humphrey. There's a lot of other guys, Everett, mm-hmm. whoever you want to go after. But they go after Marlon Humphrey, two fourth downs. He, you know, he defends both of them. 
So, you know, he, you know, he's as good as corner reserves in football. You can match him up on anybody. He's going to, you know, he's just sticky. So, you know, so you, you so it's basically a turnover and you get a field goal. I mean, 17, nothing before you look up, and, you know, and then you just look at what Wink did, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they lead the league, Jason, after six weeks with free hitters to the quarterback, you know, like you go, well, what does that mean? Well, you know, you can have great pass rushers. That's one way to get to a quarterback, but not everybody has it. And if you do have them, most teams know how to chip them or double them or whatever. So you can't count on great pass rushers, you know, Justin Houston or Clayus Campbell, whatever. And then you can max blitz, but then you kind of expose yourself. And then you could do what Wink does, which is show max blitz, yep. back guys out, rush four, and get a free hitter to the quarterback. And he got it three or four times to Justin Herbert. And what that and it's always a defensive back. Yep. Because speed, speed's important. How quickly you can just disrupt the timing of the play and force the quarterback to hurry up the operation. So Deshaun Elliott's coming off the edge. You know, Everett's coming off the edge. And they're in the passing lane. And there's Justin Herbert, who's, you know, just been flawless and the talk of the league. And suddenly you look up and he's got the worst game of his his season, maybe the worst game of his career. And that's not, you know, that's not, oh, well, that's traveling to the East Coast. It's No, this, this is what Baltimore can do to any quarterback, you know. And so they're, they're, really, they're really talented, um, you know, in that regard. And Wink and Rob Ryan and that group, like, they, they enjoy that X's and O's challenge um, of what they can do. And it's not, it's not just third downs. I mean, it could be first down. and be, They did the same thing to Carson Wentz the week before when, during their comeback. So – you know, that was that was impressive because it was, you know, special teams and won a couple games for him, yep. you know, and you had the big comeback with Lamar just being Lamar. And, you know, and, and, you know, now Lamar, I mean, he was great. And maybe he's the MVP of the league. But you just see like a total team effort in that win against, uh, you know, against the Chargers. Well, Baldy, to your point about their defense, I think they have – six defensive backs with a quarterback hit and they don't have yeah. a defensive line. I think, I think Matabike has got one and that's it for the entire defensive line. I mean, um, it, 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 what he does activating those safeties and corners yeah. um, with some of those delayed blitzes and, and, and the disguise blitzes uh, it, it, that's really where it's at for that football team right now. And, and, and we'll see if, if more of the guys up front, um, individually provide a burst, but but it's all from the, the the edge guys. Well, you know, you're not. I mean, look, Owe and Houston, and you know the, the group that they have, they're going to get overshadowed when the corner is coming so quickly. You know, like you can still be beating your guy, but here comes Chris right. Ward off the edge or whoever it is, and so you know the, the 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 trick to what they're doing is really understanding how they protect. And once you really understand their protections, whether it's by formation, down distance, tendencies, whatever it is, once you learn that, and it's in the it's in the Ryan DNA. And then, you know, Wink has been overshadowed for head coach. But if Vic Fangio and Mike Zimmer could be head coaches, Wink could be a head coach. You know, I mean, he's as talented as any of those guys. And so you put those guys in a room together. Like, you give them, you know, a couple of boxes of chicken wings. And right. you give them... You know, yeah, you know, burn some midnight oil. They're they're going to come up with some some pressures that you know that nobody has seen before. The other uh, 
part of the equation we saw for the Ravens was was a a rushing attack that was both explosive um, and and powerful. And they had, I think, four guys, Baldy, with a run over 10 yards. They only had two runs as a team collectively over 10 yards the last couple of weeks. Um, They got some of the stuff out of the pistol going with Devontae Freeman that looked a little bit like the 2019 stuff. Um, from Lamar's MVP season, and they had a fast start, which they hadn't done most of this year, and that was a game where they could kind of coast in the second half. Which is, you know, we as you mentioned, they've been playing all these tiebreakers and needing Lamar to do something crazy at the end, needing Justin Tucker to do something crazy at the end. When you look at the run game, though, and how robust it was, how much of that do you have to factor in a Chargers team that stinks against the run, worst in the league, that was overwhelmed, and not everybody has a three hundred pound you know, fullback that they can sick on Bosa every week and kind of take him out. I mean, I they say styles make fights. I find myself a little bit reserved about how overboard to go about Baltimore's run game because I know what it looked like the previous two weeks and I know how bad the Chargers are. Well, I think it's a combination. It's a combination. I mean, they lose Bradley Bozeman during the game and Power's got to go in there and center. You know, I mean, they, they got to do a, a juggling act again. But, I mean, I don't know the last time I've seen a team with three different running backs all score touchdowns. Um, you know, Murray's run up the middle for 14 yards for the touchdown. I mean, the, the seat's just open wide open. I mean, they didn't know how to play all of the the counters and the powers that Baltimore runs at you. I mean, that's, that's, their, that's their game. But, uh, you know, they don't really move, really pound the line of scrimmage where they're just moving bodies off. The line, but they, you know, with the way that they run their powers and getting extra bodies and more numbers to the point. Uh, and then, you know, just Lamar's, you know, just ball handling. You know, who's got the ball? You know, is it is it Murray? Is it Lamar? Is Lamar going right. to throw it off this? Like, it just keeps guys guessing. And, you know, they, Joey Boza, did, did anybody mention his uh, name during he, the game? He, took I mean, he was literally in, he was literally invisible in the game. You know, didn't know where the ball was going, constantly chasing it. And was invisible in the pass rush. So credit Macari and Villanueva in the the whole scheme. Well, they faced the Bengals this week, Baldy. And if you've watched Baltimore and Cincinnati since Lamar got there, you could pretty much pencil the Ravens in for 250 yards rushing. (laughs) And it might be closer to four, but at a bare minimum, 250. Now, this Ravens team isn't that. And this Bengals team certainly doesn't look to be that. Because I'm buying what they're selling on defense for the first time in a long time, um, they're 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 holding opposing quarterbacks to some of the lowest yards per attempt in the league. Um, you, you can't really target anybody individually in the secondary right now. They're all getting the job done, and they've been very stout against the run. Albeit we know their struggles with the Ravens' run scheme in particular. Um, is this is this game going to be a little closer and a little different than some of these recent meetings? Yeah, I think so. You know, I I, I did some Bengal preseason games. I was around Zach Taylor and the team, and I, I saw the upgrades on defense. You know, whether it's Trey Hendrickson, you know, Cheeto Woodsier. You know, you look at the guys that they brought in. The development of Logan Wilson at middle oh, linebacker. Yeah. He's got four interceptions, yeah. Jason. Yep. You know, he's got four interceptions now in six games. Um, you know, you just look at the way they challenge. I mean, you know. Green Bay, it took everything that Green Bay had to beat that team in overtime. Um, they they are highly competitive. Offensively, it's interesting. When you watch them, they're one of the few teams in the league, and I think Baltimore could take advantage of this. They're one of the few teams in the league that almost does no motion. Right. 
or pre-snap motion. They're, they kind of line up and play. And you go, why do they do that? Well, I mean, Joe Burrow hasn't started 16 games yet. He's still learning. So he's got, you know, he's got Callahan. He's got guys in his ear here, Zach Taylor, like talking to him, just kind of making sure he understands what he's looking at, helping him with plays, play calling. And so they don't want a lot of pre-snap motion where guys are going to be moving and things are going to be changing. So they, they kind of want to get a clean picture to start. And so I think Baltimore knows that. It'll be interesting to see how Baltimore, you watch Baltimore in this game, Jason, they'll be stemming late. Mm. Like in the final, if the, if the play clock is at 15 seconds and the quarterback, you know, his receivers cut off at 15 seconds, they'll be stemming late in the play clock count to try and get guys a different position to confuse Burrow. Be interesting to see what they do, but this, but this offense line, you know, like they 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 start they played two rookies last week, one on the offensive line, one at running back, and both of them played well. Um, the line played really well for Cincinnati last week. Joe Mixon is you know he's a different type of back now. He's really big, he's really fast, he catches the ball well. He's a total back, um, and he's healthy right now. He wasn't healthy against Green Bay in the week before right. against Houston. Uh, yes, Houston or Jacksonville. But anyways, you know, the, Jamar Chase is, you know, he's a candidate to be the rookie of the yes, year. Um, in every game, he's he's caught these go balls and he just explodes. And as soon as he's even with the corner, like he just blows by him and Joe just knows exactly where to put the ball. It's, it's an amazing connection. Like I don't think there's a better deep ball connection in the league right now than Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. However, I do expect Marlon Humphrey mm-hmm. to just travel and and really chase Chase all over the field. And I think whoever wins that matchup in some degree is going to have a chance to win this game. So, you know, you've got you've got that going for the Ravens. We'll see what Chase does against them. He's not going to back down for Marlon mm-hmm. Humphrey at all. But this is this is going to be a much to, to your question, this is going to be a, a much closer game than anything we've seen between these two teams in the last three or four years. I really like Zach Taylor. I know a lot of people were well, you know, what's his offense? Who Like, he's got good team chemistry. Like, just watch that yeah. sideline. See how everybody pulls for everybody. Like, they've got really good chemistry, and there's a good feeling. about. They know they're mm-hmm. good. You know, and they're not reading press clippings. I mean, they, they, get, they know they got to go out there and play and prove themselves. So, this is a you know they've they've had a tough schedule. This is a proven game. They went to Pittsburgh and took the Steelers apart. They they took on Green Bay and took them to the wire. They're coming to Baltimore. Like the schedule is you know they're they're seeing the best right now. Yeah, I I, uh, I think it'd be one of the better games of the weekend, and we'll see how Baltimore approaches it because um, the one thing about Joe Burrow is he's he's absolutely devastating when you blitz him. I mean he's got a QB rating over one thirty. Um, Wink was judicious in how many. Uh, times he threw stuff at 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 Herbert. Um, this will be this will be interesting though because Burrow's better against man than zone. You know Herbert was the opposite. So we'll, we'll, Styles, let's just say again, Styles make fights, and and that that'll be one of the more fascinating games hmm. of the week. The most fascinating game from last week for me, Baldy, was that epic in Foxborough, Dallas, and New England. No that was like four games in one. Uh, the the yeah. Foxborough is no longer a fortress. They find ways to lose there now and not win, as that game was evidence of. Um, boy, Dallas really pummeled them for most of the game, but couldn't convert drives into sufficient points. Too many field goals, too many red zone turnovers. 
and then we get another miracle finish at the end. Dallas had almost 600 yards of offense in that game. You know, they 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 had the 35 points. It took overtime to win it. Um, there's a lot of things about that game. I mean, obviously, you know, you can look at Trayvon Diggs and the pick six, you know, and seven interceptions in six games and tying an NFL record and all that. And that's fantastic. Um, he's, he's all of that. But, you know, the next play, the very next play, Mac Jones throws that pick six. And you, it's debatable whether, you know, Kendrick Bourne can catch that ball or not. I mean, it's off his fingertips. But regardless, he comes back the next play and throws a 75-yard touchdown right to Kendrick Bourne, you know, and beats the safety. And they beat Trayvon Diggs on the play. And, you know, he comes right back. And he just, no matter how many times you hit him, you, it doesn't seem to matter. Like, the guy just keeps coming at you with poise, accuracy, decision-making, um, they ran the ball effectively. Like they played a Patriot style game defensively, just like they did to the Bucks and like they did to the Cowboys in parts of the field, like in the red zone. Like they can make things difficult for you. Just their style. The Miami Dolphins can't emulate it. Like nobody that's left the nest can really emulate what they do right. defensively. And so they they make it difficult. And and Dallas, you know, Dak was awesome and they ran the ball and all that stuff, but Still, they had a hard time getting the ball in the end zone, and that's a credit to the Patriots' style. And I know what the record is, but they are highly competitive. And at some point, I think these close losses are going to be close. That's usually what happens, Jason, right, the teams. Right. You, you, you lose by a lot, then you lose by a little, then you win by a little, and you end up winning by a lot if you're going to turn things around. And I think they're going to start winning by a little pretty soon, regardless of who they play. Uh, Dallas heads to the bye. Perfect timing for them. Dak Prescott leaves that game in a walking boot. Yeah. I don't get the sense it's something um, that they're overly concerned about. I mean, could they decide to have him sit for one game on the other side of this? Um, perhaps. But, boy, other than fumbling at the goal line, I thought it just absolutely master class from, from Dak Prescott. It's, it's, it, it's hard, honestly. No matter how hard – I mean – you can, you can find stats for anything, Jason, right? But it's hard to find a weakness in this Cowboys offense. Yeah. The yeah. play caller is Don't excellent. He's going to be a head coach, Kellen Moore. The offense line, this Terrence Steele has come in there, and it's about player development, and this is a free agent at Texas Tech in his second year. And I think you're going to have a hard time getting him out of the right tackle spot. I mean, he took on Matt Judon, who's a oh, heck yeah. of a player, did a great job against Judon in that game, um, just manned up on him. They've got two great backs that work in concert together. Uh, Zach Martin and, you know, Tyron Smith are back. Both tight ends are really effective. Uh, it's hard. I mean, as, as good as Amari is, it's hard not to say that C.D. Lamb is just, yeah. you know, I mean, he might be their best So physical I mean, after the, guy the catch, is, man. So physical, but, you know, blocking, tough catches, taking a hit, game winners. Like, the guy is just, he's ready for prime time. And so, uh, and Dak has just been awesome. I, I never, I mean, he missed preseason and we didn't know the extent of whatever the injury was and all that. And I, he, he is just playing the best football he's ever played. He's really, and he's total command of a great offense right now. I mean, it's, it'd be interesting to see who can slow this offense down right now. Yeah. It, 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 it looks like, uh, 
you know, what are they, an immovable force or whatever, whatever you want to call it. We we used to talk in those terms, Baldy, about the Kansas City Chiefs offense, and, and maybe we will again. Uh, they play Tennessee this week. For me, one of the most interesting um, games of the weekend. Tennessee, I think, sent a signal to the league uh, on Monday night. Hey, don't forget about us. We still have a way of showing up in January, and we can counterpunch with the big boys in the AFC. And, um, you know, we're, we're not we're not an afterthought. And obviously the Chiefs had to beat the Washington football team. It wasn't seamless. First half, a little bit ugly. Still Mahomes trying to do a little too much at times. Uh, but a, a much-needed victory and, and some positive takeaways on the offensive side of the ball, at least. Yeah, I mean, they turned it over three times in the first half. That's 14 turnovers in six games. And so, you know, you, you say the same thing every week about the Chiefs. Hey, if they can stop turning the right. ball over, uh, you know, they're going to be great. But they haven't. And so, you know, whether it's Tyreek Hill and the ball going through his hands and, you know, you're at the five-yard line, you take points off the board, potential points. Um, you know, fumbles. I mean, they keep they keep happening. And, you know, everybody's guilty. Mahomes is guilty of it. And so, but, you know, when they play clean football, they're, they're still as good an offense as there is in football. They can go up and down the field. Um, they've rebuilt this offense line. Remmers is in there for the rookie right tackle, Lucas Niang, and he was fine. Uh, I defensively, you know, they won that game without Chris Jones, but they, you know, they have to defend too much with Washington. They don't have much firepower off offensively. I, I think they're going to, you know, I don't think this is a, a walk to the playoffs for him. Um, you know, even with 11 games to go, I don't think it's a walk. I think the Raiders can still give him problems. Obviously the chargers can give him problems. Um, defensively, they're just not a strong team. You saw, you know, Tyron Matthew come off the field after a touchdown last week and, Slam his helmet into the turf again, uh, and he looks totally frustrated. Yeah. And and so that frustration isn't just Tyra Matthew um, with these outbursts. There's a reason for it. You know, they're, they're blown assignments, and, you know, they're playing a lot of young linebackers, Willie Gay in there, a rookie in there uh, from Missouri, you know, is, is playing. So they got different guys in that spot. They don't seem to have – Chris Jones didn't uh-uh. play, so no they, pass they, right. they lose okay. him. But the pass rush is, you know, is it has has not been strong, and you can only cover so long, and they haven't been good at that in the back end. So that defense, until that defense really gets firmed up, uh, can you expect the offense just to go score thirty five, which they're capable of doing when they don't turn it over? How much trouble are they potentially in in this game? Just given the fact that. Tennessee could maybe play rugby and keep away, you know? I yeah. I, I mean, well, if they just keep that defense on the field, that's a problem. You're right. I mean, look, Tennessee is 4-2, and two, and in three of their four wins, you know, Derrick Henry has ran for three touchdowns. And really, you know, on Monday night, they um, they ran for four all four touchdowns. You know, and the fourth was by Tannehill, and it was just off a fake to Derrick right. Henry where everybody just went to tackle Henry and, Ryan Tannehill kind of walked in the end zone. Um, Buffalo's whole game plan, Jason, was to really stop Derrick Henry. They just compressed the line of scrimmage with all their linebackers and safeties. And so when you pierce them, there's Derrick Henry, you know, in a track suit, yeah. you know, going 76 yards yeah, for a touchdown. Touched, yeah. There's just no second level. And so you got to be careful about trying to do that. So you can stop him for a yard, stop him for two yards, then he goes for 76. 
So it'll be interesting to see what approach Kansas City takes because I don't think Buffalo's approach is the right way. But if he if he gets going and he's breaking tackles and he's getting, you know, 25 runs and he's putting up three touchdowns, that all that favors Tennessee in his game, despite all of the weaknesses in this Tennessee defense, which is considerable. I mean, their corners can't stay healthy. Right. They don't cover particularly well. They break down. They have a couple good defensive linemen, Simmons and Hart and, you know, Landry. I mean, they got some players, but they don't have they don't have a defense that can really stop Kansas City. Right. The best way to stop them is to keep them on the sideline. So that's that's the formula. And Vrabel says it all the time. You know, when they play their style of football, they can beat anybody. And that might be true this Sunday. Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. Um, what do you got cooking for your weekend, Baldy? I'm I'm heading right to Baltimore this weekend, Jason. I I feel like I'm going to be announcing you know the best game of the week, mm-hmm. Baltimore in in Cincinnati. I haven't I saw Cincinnati live this preseason. I, I you know I really want to see Lamar uh, in action. Watch him just you know just watching him warm up is is entertaining. Uh, we'll see you know what their first round uh, pick Rashad Bateman can yep. do. Uh, he's going to get a bigger role probably this week. We'll see how he plays. Uh, but I, I think we're going to be in for a really big game, and it won't exactly shock me if the Bengals find a way to win the mm-hmm. game. It would certainly shock the league. Uh, so, you know, Cincinnati has an opportunity to really take first place in the AFC North and really shock the league and really, like, let everybody know that these are new, you know, the new cats on the block. Yeah, it should be a heck of a ball game. I hope uh, my fair city here, Charm City, treats you well. I know we will. And uh, interested to, to, to pick. I'll get. I'll, I'll have some crap. No, you got to do that. You got to do that. Um, yeah. And and uh, we'll. Uh, I can't wait to compare notes with you next week uh, about that game. Well, this has been the week seven edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. Again, we thank you guys for listening. You can check me out at Jason Lock and Four on Twitter. You can check Baldy out at baldy nfl on twitter please um give us feedback rate review subscribe wherever you get your podcast goodness um we appreciate you guys taking the time as always to listen in and uh we look forward to catching up with you next week hope everybody enjoys the games and uh, have fun in baltimore baldy yep thanks jason you too have a good weekend thank you talk to you next week okay picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.